a little bit different background noise. Thought y'all might like to hear the birds. I'll see how well this records. This is Jesse Cope again, by the way. <laughs> if you've stumbled onto this podcast for the first time with the American Soul Podcast. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. For those of y'all that share the podcast with others and tell them about it, thank you so much. I'm incredibly grateful for your support and encouragement. For those of y'all that continue to support the podcast over on Patreon and those of y'all that leave kind comments on social media and other places, thank you so much. Those of y'all that tell me firsthand how much you enjoy listening, thank you very much. I'm, I'm very grateful for those comments. They're very encouraging. Out in the pasture today, puppy dogs are long. You may hear the pup barking every once in a while. She thinks that she's found something back in the woods behind us, which may become a little concerning as it gets darker, but probably not. Right now, she seems satisfied with gnawing on the one good leg of the old man. And he seems perfectly willing to let her do it, at least for a while, as he's rolling around in the grass, scratching his back. I always feel a great pity for people that don't have children and pets. They sure do cause a lot of havoc, but they bring laughter and joy and entertainment into your life that are, well, you just can't get it any other way. I wonder, maybe that's what God feels toward us at least just a little bit. Father, thank you for this time to record this podcast. Thank you for the people that listen to it, share it, tell others about it. Thank you for the time that you've given us to try and turn this country around. Thank you for your love and your forgiveness, your grace and your mercy. All the manifold blessings that you've bestowed upon us individually and as a nation. The resources that you've given our country, the great men and women who have come before us and paved this path through turmoil and terror and wilderness. We like to look back nostalgically as if it was some foregone conclusion for these people and it was, we have these romantic visions of it, Father, but we know that, we know that they suffered many trials, heartaches, pain. Help us to take encouragement from them. Help us to look to your son and point the way to him for others. 
to be a shining beacon, a city on a hill. Help us to preserve the liberty and the freedom that you have blessed us with and to stand unapologetically for you and those principles. God, my words, Lord, please, in your son's name we pray. Amen. So we did a little bit on entertainment. Uh, not much. It just, when you look at, at what's viewed as entertainment today, and it's, it's not even just a recent development. We've been going this way for years and years. The, the horror, the sex, the graphic violence, Just the lack of any kind of value as far as making us a better person, you know. And this is this is a modern modern event, and, and we we talked about it, uh, and we'll come back to it. I mean, there's there's so many problems in the entertainment. The bottom line, folks, again, is we become what we take in. Uh, the New Testament, the verse. Don't be misled or don't be confused or different versions. Bad company corrupts good character. A proverb's talking about one man sharpening another as iron sharpens iron. We need to surround ourselves with good people, with good entertainment too, good culture. You know, if you're going to spend an hour, if you're going to give an hour of your life to something that you're never going to get back or two hours, why would we give it to things that have no value? And really, if we're being honest about the majority of, of entertainment today, the vast majority of it, whether it's music or movies or books, why would we give our time to those things that make us less, that make us a worse person, that corrupt our character? You know, you talk about the horror and the sex and the violence, but what about the shows that we watch that we think are just kind of mind-numbingly harmless? Think about some of the reality TV shows that we watch. Think about the sports that we just, you know, you think, well, I'm watching sports. I mean, there's nothing bad there. And that's not true to begin with. In both reality TV and sports, often there's a lot bad there. In what we, what, you know, what we teach our children and just what we take in for ourselves. But... Even if there's not, even if we pretended for a moment that there wasn't anything bad. What value are we getting out of it? You know, you go all the way back to shows like Big Brother or shows that have been on for however many years, decade plus, Survivor. You go to some of the others. Uh, I mean, there's just too many to name. What value are we getting? 
what what is making us a better person, a stronger person, a better husband or wife, father, mother, a better servant of Christ? And really, if the answer isn't yes to one of those, it's a waste of our time and it's something that we really ought to walk away from. You know, often for me, I'll throw myself under the bus here. I've gotten better as I've gotten older about talking to God. But I still don't do a very good, a good job listening. And, and I, I pray, and I feel like I'm praying very earnestly. And, man, I just, not only am I not getting the response I want, I'm, I feel like I'm not getting any response at all sometimes. And there's a number of reasons for that, probably really two main ones. One is maybe I'm asking for something that goes against God's will. But two, and this is the point I wanted to tie in, am I really listening for his answer? Am I really listening to God? Or am I rushing through life so frantically and, and just kind of tossing a prayer at him as an aside, and then I expect this big answer, but I don't even take the time to listen to his response. But I'm going to give hours to watching football again for me or some other sport. Uh, but whatever your own weakness is, you're going to give hours to reading for entertainment or hours to golfing, hunting, shopping, social media, binge-watching TV shows, old or new. If I feel fill every second of the day, how can I possibly hear God? So, just a thought. Now that I've used half of today's episode, we're going to go back to Harvard. We haven't talked about Harvard for a few months. Uh, And we'll probably talk about some other schools. Uh, But I like this one out of this. This is out of America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations by William J. Federer. Phenomenal book. Uh, You can find this information a number of other places, but this is a great little book. Uh, Definitely recommend it to have at home. Should be a principal textbook in every single classroom in the country, regardless of subject. And so, you know, education is in such a sorry state today. First and foremost, by far, because we've kicked God out of it and all the things that come with that. But this isn't the way that education was founded in America. And... (laughs) It's certainly not uh, the way that our founders viewed education. So we're going to go back. So Harvard University was founded in 1636, Cambridge, Massachusetts. It was based on a donation of property and the library of Reverend John Harvard. It was originally called the College at Cambridge. It was the first college in America, 
and it was established only 16 years after the landing of the Pilgrims, so real early on. Which, this is a little aside, we're going to spend a couple days on this, so I, I have a little bit of time to burn. Recently came across a young kid and happened to catch an exchange about Christopher Columbus. And, and I've heard this exchange online and in person multiple times. And it always goes something like, well, Christopher Columbus, man, he was just a horrible, horrible, horrible man. Committed all sorts of atrocities, greedy, selfish, rapist, murderer, thief, etc., etc. And we do a little segment each year on Columbus just because he's been castigated so much by the left. And we will again this year. But it's a real good example because Columbus wasn't this evil man. Uh, you, you couldn't even begin to put him on par with Stalin and Hitler and Mao and Pol Pot and a n number of other socialist, communist, Nazi, fascist, leftist leaders. But again, the left has done such a great job controlling the narrative here that, that a lot of our young people today think that Columbus was just this really evil man. And, and so this is why it's so important to, to talk about history. History isn't something that's dead. It's something that's extremely important to know so that you can push back on that narrative if you're bent that way or that you can at least know in your heart when you hear somebody else talking about that that, that it's not true. Uh, and so with education, it's, this is why we go back and talk about it, so we can see that education, how it was really founded in the country, what the real point of it was, and, you know, before we were a nation and as we became a nation, uh, the goal was the same. Much different from what is claimed today. And when we don't do that, when we don't teach history, when we don't teach what education really was, when we, that's not a huge chunk of our children's education, then we get those uh, lies that are allowed to seep in, like how evil Columbus was, separation of church and state, life, there's no right to life. We get all these lies that creep in. So the purpose of Harvard was to train a literate clergy. And we're going to read through the rules and precepts observed at Harvard in September of 1642. Uh, but the founders of Harvard believed that, that all knowledge without Christ was vain. The word veritas... Latin, which is, remains on the college sill, meant divine truth. The official motto of Harvard was, for Christ and the church. 
it's the the quote of the sentence here in this book i'm just going to read it verbatim it's worthy of note that 106 of the first 108 schools in america were founded on the christian faith and that kind of ties in folks with what we say so often you don't have to be an american or be a christian in order to be an american but you can't have america without the principles of christ We like to pretend that we can. We've done a real good job of convincing ourselves that we can have a free republic without these principles of Christ, but we can't. And it's not anywhere close to what our founders envisioned. So we'll we'll read through the first one at least today, and, and then we'll get through the rest of them. Again, this is rules and precepts at Harvard. And when you're when we're reading through this over the next day or two, kind of keep the modern state of education in the back of your mind. When any scholar, this is number one, when any scholar is able to write and speak true Latin in verse and prose and decline perfectly the paradigms of nouns and verbs in the Greek tongue, he is capable of admission into the college. You know, this was absolutely a English-speaking country. Uh, even at this point, you know, the pilgrims onward. Uh, that was the predominant language pretty, pretty rapidly, or maybe from the onset, I really don't know. That'd be an interesting thing to look up. And yet, this admission into college required... an extreme grasp of Latin and Greek just to get in. Could you imagine how many people today, and, and so don't pick Latin and Greek if you don't want to. Pick two other languages. You know, pick French or German or Hebrew or, or whatever you want to pick. Pick one. Pick two. How many kids could get into college in America today if the requirement for admission was a tremendous grasp of two languages. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, you think, well, languages aren't that important, but Language is extremely important. Your ability to control language. I've heard it said before that, you know, if you can control language, you can control other people. And if you don't understand, if you can't control your own words, then you're going to be controlled by other people. That's a rough paraphrase, but it's pretty good. The bottom line is the standards were very much higher. Number two, and then we'll finish off. I know we're going to go a little over here. Got to enjoying the sound of my own voice, as my father would say. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well that the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. John 17, 3. 
and therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. And saying, The Lord only giveth wisdom, let everyone seriously set himself by prayer in secret to seek it of him. Proverbs 2 and 3. We're going to come back to this one, folks. Uh, because we have so many of our kids that go to college today with, or go into education, go into their life. And I'm, I'm speaking really about children that come from Christian families that claim to be followers of Christ themselves. Uh, and a number of them, I'm sure, are. I didn't mean claim in a derogatory sense. But the number that would say that the main goal of their life is to know God and Jesus Christ. The main goal of their education, of their studies, is to know God and Jesus Christ. I don't think it, it would be a stretch to say that that would be a very slim, slim minority, a very low minority. And there's something wrong with that in a Christian nation based on the principles of Christ. Uh, and, and really, you're going to lay the blame at the, at the foot of, of us, of the adults, that aren't changing that. And maybe we are a little bit, but, but we haven't been. All right. God bless y'all. God bless your families and your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.